What is up, everybody? Welcome to a bit of anything podcast. I am Dr. Tyler, along with our good friend, Dr. Dan, out in Baltimore. Dr. Dan, how you doing, man? Are you having a good 4th of July weekend? Oh, I'm surviving it, yeah. <laughs> Have you got shot at today? No, I didn't get shot at today, which is which is lucky. But you know how, it how the Baltimoreans do. They're every Fourth of July they're downtown shooting off guns and getting arrested and killing each other. It's fantastic. Oh, that sounds like like a lot of fun. I hope you kept the family <laughs> safe. Yeah. Kept them away from such ruckus and and disasters that go on yeah i uh, i shot off some fireworks i won't lie i enjoy shooting off fireworks especially the kind that are not so legal where i live so those are my favorite kinds the ones that go up in the air and go boom there was a funny pretty lights a funny story on the news here they had a fireworks store that had a small fire inside of it did you see that and i it, saw one it, it was on in south carolina <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I saw one in South Carolina that caught fire like in the middle of the day, and all it was just like mass pandemonium. It reminded me of, do you remember uh, seven years ago? And I only know that because I saw it on Twitter. But the San Diego fireworks, when they lit them, it accidentally lit all of them at the exact same time. Mm. And so the fireworks show lasted like all of 30 seconds because they all exploded at the same time, but it was a pretty neat show. That's what that reminded me of. I'm older. So it reminded me of the naked gun where the guy's going down the street and ends up on the rocket and the rocket crashes into the fireworks store. Yes. Leslie Nielsen standing there saying, there's nothing to see here, people, nothing to see here. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly, exactly what it reminded. Well, that's what it resembled, uh, at least the ones that I saw. So anyway, so Dr. Dan, we've we've had a little bit of a hiatus. That's okay. We've got busy lives. Things are going on. What do we have on the docket for today? Well, I I think, first of all, we should start talking about uh, how upset you were that you couldn't get the sneakers that you were interested in. Yeah, and we got that yep, spiral. Pretty upset about that. <laughs> so, do you want to go ahead and and start on that one? We can start on that. Also, we probably ought to mention that Kawhi Leonard has finally made his decision on where he's going to play and how badly uh, the Clippers reached. I think for Paul George, we don't have to start there, but that's another thing that we'll get to. And just so everybody knows, Kawhi Leonard is going to the Los Angeles Clippers. I repeat, the Clippers, not the Lakers. A lot of criers in Los Angeles today, mostly Lakers fans. And all four of the Clippers fans are pretty happy <laughs> as well. So, so yes, over the, over the 4th of July week, uh, it was announced that Nike would be releasing a shoe. I can't remember the exact name of the shoe. It was like an Air Force something or other, Max. Inconsequential. The, <clears throat> inconsequential. The, the thing is, is that it had the original United States Betsy Ross flag with 13 stars in a circle and... What was it? 13 stripes, right? Because of representing the original 13 colonies. I believe so. Red, white, and blue. True American patriot flag. And it was not released. Why was this not released? Well, it was because somebody named Colin Kaepernick, uh, who has been irrelevant in the world of football for several years now, threw a fit saying that this shoe that Nike was about to release was insensitive to his heritage of being an African-American. You're being far too sensitive. He said it was racist. Yes, he was. He said it reminded him of the plight that his grandparents had to go through and his, I guess, racial background had to go through be stating basically that the that America was built upon the backs of his ancestors. And it was not released. Nike said, you're right, Colin. This is not an appropriate shoe. 
the original founding flag of our founding fathers is not appropriate for a shoe. Now, Dan, I'm going to give you first take on this, and uh, I will go last because it fires me up, and I've got to control myself a little bit. Well, I have a, I have some other stuff written about Colin Kaepernick and his, um, would you say, his philosophies and his philanthropies. His plight for his plight for racial equality. Perhaps. Yes, and I. I can understand how somebody might think something is racially insensitive, but in my opinion, he's doing it mainly for exposure. And the thing is that the sneakers were going to be released to largely, largely in my opinion, African-American youths love sneakers. My African-American friends have twice as many sneakers as I do. I get something and it's comfortable. I'm cool with it. As long as it's, Whatever. I don't really care to have flashy sneakers, but it is part of of their culture, and I get that. So the sneaker was going to be aimed at them anyway. Did Nike not let them know what they were doing, or why is I don't even understand why Kaepernick's involved with Nike, but it seems more that it's his philanthropies and and he's become this social spokesman for the youth and everything he says represents everything that everyone's thinking. But I think that that's nonsense because absolutely. I think he's just blowing smoke and creating issues where they don't need to be there. I think that the whole concept of why he was kneeling to change the national anthem, it's insane to think that a football player not standing during the national anthem is going to cause enough commotion in the House of Delegates, Congress, the president's office for them to get together and say, we really should change the lyrics of that song that we've been singing for over 200 years in this country. I think 264, 264. Well, no, it's not. Well, it wasn't adopted until like 1812 or 1815 or something like that. But yes, I digress. I apologize. But even, even still, it, it's the point I think is that what he's questing for is unrealistic and if you want me to i'd like to get into some of the stats that i have regarding crime so colin kaepernick first kneeled on september 1st 2016 so building up to that in 2014 eric garner was caught on video by a friend being arrested being chokehold and saying i can't breathe and he did die as a result of that arrest. That was in New York, right? That was in New York, yes. Then in Baltimore, Freddie Gray was arrested in 2015. And what apparently happened was that the police officers put a knee in the back of his chest and pulled his head backwards, fracturing his vertebrae and compromising his spinal cord. He was then put in the back of a police wagon without being handcuffed or seat belted in and they drive around erratically in order to you know antagonize the prisoner but what happened was his spinal cord injury resulted in death so after those years and let me read you the crime rates in baltimore for those two years well well let me read you the crime rate in baltimore in 2014 it was 211 murders in that year okay so in 20, just in Baltimore. Just in Baltimore, which is not a very big capita, but I was just using this as an example. So after the Freddie Gray death, the murder rate in 2015 shot up to 344. In Baltimore. In Baltimore. So that's an increase from 211 to 344 in one year due to the perceived police violence. Now, in Baltimore... The all-time murder rate of 352 killings in one year was in 1993. And Baltimore's a little bit slower to adapt things, so crack cocaine really became huge in the Baltimore area in the early 90s, not in the mid-80s like other places. So it's interesting to note that there was only eight more deaths in 1993 than in 2015. And that has to be a direct result of the police kind of backing off their 
approach after the Freddie Gray death. So then Colin Kaepernick, after that year, he decides to kneel in 2016. The murder rate in 2016 was 318. So that was a drop from 2015. But then in 2017, it's 342. In 2018, it's 309. So you can see that Colin Kaepernick kneeling in 2016 didn't have any effect whatsoever in this specific statistical category. The Baltimore murder rate actually went up the year after he was kneeling. Granted, it also was up the year before he was kneeling. But you can see that he didn't really cause any thing positive to happen. And in fact, right, there what wasn't I, a whole big change. Exactly. So what I think has occurred is that police are now far too hesitant to act for fear of the retribution that can come with it. So the political activists that claim to be looking out for the inner city youths are actually causing an increase in violent crime because they're kind of deflecting the blame. It's not the people carrying the guns shooting each other's fault. It's the national anthem's fault because it's racist. So it's Betsy Ross shoes. It's a flag that's racist. So, yes. And so I pose this question is the goal to promote equal treatment regardless of race, or is it to allow African-American criminals to operate with more immunity? Hmm. That's a good question. I, think I it, don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I agree. I mean, I think that it's a rhetorical question. I don't think anybody could really know what what the answer to that is. But is an increase in murder rates by over 100? Is that what people want? And and should, you know, should a person like Colin Kaepernick, should he be the, the impetus for people to say there's no problem? I don't think so, because. I don't know that Colin Kaepernick had any intention of continuing his NFL career at that point. <laughs> I mean, it could be true. I, I, I mean, think so. he, he he signed a deal with. So I, I think after the 2016 season, that's when um, who came in to be their quarterback? I don't even remember. But Blaine Gabbert. Was it? I know they've had Blaine Gabbert. I know they've had the uh, Mullen kid last year. Uh, Garoppolo, obviously, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think after that, didn't he, I, th I think the 49ers released him and then he signed a contract or was going to sign a contract with the Broncos at one point. And then he just dropped off and everybody's saying that he was blackballed. Well, the interesting thing is if you look at one of his teammates who was also, kneeling for the national anthem around the same time. I can't remember his name. I had it. He's a safety, but Eric, he now plays for Eric. Um, it's that's, not how, that's how important he is. Eric yes, Davis. Well, Davis. Uh, he's, he's a safety now with the, with the Panthers. He got a contract. So it's interesting that, you know, maybe Colin Kaepernick doesn't want back into the NFL. I've never really thought of that. But you bring up an interesting point because perhaps it is that he doesn't want back into the NFL. I know he's making a lot of money being sponsored by Nike at this point, which brings up another interesting point. If Colin Kaepernick were truly looking for social justice, where are most of Nike's shoes made? I'll tell you they're not in the made in the United States of America because in the United States of America, they'd actually have to pay people to make their shoes. And God they're forbid made we in give Indonesia. inner city people jobs. Right. God They're forbid. made in Indonesia. They're made in Malaysia. They're made in places where you can have a, a, hundred, or a $240 shoe made by somebody that you're paying 25 cents an hour. That's where they're made. And it's interesting to me that Kaepernick chooses to not say anything about the, the 25 cent slave workers, but he's all about supposed racial injustice from the law, which happens. It happens. We would be 
we would be naive, we would be uh, stupid in saying that there there is not social injustice. There is social injustice. When you look at crime rates, there or or perceived crime rate well what am i trying to say when you look at crime rates and you look at people who are charged with those crimes the majority of them are african american and african americans seem to get more uh heavy uh, a heavier penalty for the same crime that that white people perform now, here's, here's the thing. We're going back to a shoe. And this is, this is where my emotion, I have no facts to back that up. I'm just, I'm talking from my heart at this point. If a shoe with the original flag of the United States of America causes that much uproar, why in the heck are you still living here? If it causes you that much anxiety and you feel that disrespected because of the original flag from the United States of America, why still live in the United States of America? That's my question. I also have a I have a really deep patriotic love for my country. I realize that the United States of America is not perfect. There's no country in the world that is perfect. We had a war to end slavery, which was not a great, it, it wasn't a great thing. It's a stain on our history. Slavery was a bad thing. What's interesting to me is if you look at the history of slavery, you had slaves being made slaves of people in Africa. As well, there were there were rich people in Africa who owned black people. They were black. They owned black people to be their slaves, to work for them for free. That was a commonality across the entire world for a long, long time. But I'd like to throw this out there. Nobody wants to ever talk about this. In fact, when we had Native Americans come to my high school in Baltimore, they were complaining about the... Redskins and the Cleveland Indians and, and this and that with sports names. And I felt compelled to say something. So I stood up and said, you know, this country was built on a lot of Irish indentured servants. And I'm a good portion Irish. And I've never heard anyone complain that Notre Dame's mascot is called the Fighting Irish, which denotes that Irish people are prone to fighting. I was right. told to shut up and sit down. And I'm not kidding. <laughs> I really was. And, and, you know, back in the time where that flag with the 13 colonies, there were many more Irish indentured servants than African American slaves in the country at that time. But nobody wants to talk about that because it's not they newsworthy. They weren't given anything. No, I mean, they were given parcels of land, but they were also given a ton of whiskey and told to work all day long and it killed a lot of them. So... Yes, I, I get it. They weren't exactly slaves, but they they were just a rung above. And if that, if that, and also Western expansion in the United States, there were thousands. If I don't know what the exact number is, maybe even millions of Chinese Americans who died creating the railroad system, and yep. nobody seems to be. I mean, this whole thing about racial equality seems like it's targeted specifically for African-American racial equality. Everyone else can just go to hell as long as the African-Americans are racially equal in, in this philanthropy of Kaepernick's. Right, right. And I think it should also be noted that Colin Kaepernick's mother was Caucasian. He's, yeah, he's half. That's, that was my next point, is he's half white. Yes. He, he makes it sound like... It, and he was raised by Caucasians. Right. Yeah, he was adopted, right? Yes. By by Caucasian parents. And it's interesting to me that all of a sudden and maybe it's it's not the entire community who feels this way about Kaepernick. As a matter of fact, I saw quite a few African Americans saying, "Well, this is stupid." Oh, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I have plenty of patients that think it's absolute nonsense and they're African American. Some of them are actually so, um 
they're not even African American. They're they're African um, Cuban or African Puerto Rican, right? Um, right. And and they still feel that it's it's crazy. So they're even though they may be from Cuba or from Puerto Rico, their children were born and raised in the United States. So their children right. are technically African American. And we're not talking about the richest people in the world that I work with. So uh, right, right. I'm in some pretty crappy, dangerous areas. And they think that it's a bunch of nonsense. And I tell – I, I always let them speak about it first before I give my opinion. And I don't think my opinion is extreme. I just think that Colin Kaepernick is uh, – it's like he found a loophole. He, he slipped through the cracks and is making money just – being a loudmouth and not really having much else to give to the world. And, you know, I, I just think that it's a mistake for people to be pointing fingers instead of trying to work together. Absolutely. And, yeah. and that's the, that's the funny thing is like, it's always the loud minority who always makes the biggest to do about stuff like this. And there's, you know, it was the same way in PT school. It was like five people dissented they didn't want to change their plans when it was the the best for all of, you know, the whole entire class. I remember that happening several times, but it's always that loud minority who gets their way. And it's it's I don't know. I I don't know. I just I know that that shoe if we're going to start banning that uh, a flag we're going to start banning that. President Obama flew that exact same flag at his presidential inauguration. Well, that's, if that's, it was, that's a perfect point. Why is the current the, flag not racist then? Because it's right, just exactly. built on that flag. I mean, exactly. I could see it's if, an adaptation. If, if Nike put out a shoe with a Confederate soldier running through a field with a Confederate flag, then it would be like, yes, that's clearly racist. Right. Or at least right. clearly has racial undertones. But you know what else is interesting? I just watched a documentary about G- Laramie Tunsil the other day with the the bong face mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was right a behind his head for the Dolphins. That's right. Right behind his head was a gigantic Confederate flag, and he's African American. So clearly, he wasn't feeling too hurt about that. So I, I think it's more about people looking for excuses and things to be mad about. I do too, and and, and I don't think a flag on a shoe is something to create such a, a, a hubbub over. I mean, seriously, it's I a agree. flag I think he on could the even, shoe. He could have embraced it, embraced the flag. Like, this is actually going back before all these years of known slavery. Like, this country was still so young that, like, hey, if we embrace this flag and we say that, like, let's let's make this flag the impetus for us to try to get the lyrics of the national anthem changed, or let's come up. Let, I mean, has anybody even come up with an alternative version? There are no, all these that's rap the thing, songs. They that always sound complain the same. about it, but they never, they never have any. So, they never have any answers for it. It's like this offends me. Yeah. So what would you like me to do about it? Like, come up with an alternative. Be be a, a peacemaker or something. I don't know. It, it just it drives me nuts that our country has come to the point where you cannot wear, you cannot put the original flag on a shoe without it being some type of offensive gesture. It's not. It's a shoe. It was the, to celebrate America. Let's celebrate the good things in America. How about our freedom of religion? How about our freedom of of choice? Our freedom of speech? How about, How about our freedom all those of other... public school through high school? Yeah. Let's take How, advantage I mean, of that in the inner cities. Let, let's finish yeah. high school and see where that takes us. Let's get some skilled trades and see where the next generation ends up. Absolutely. I mean, you can't do that stuff in Iraq. You can't do that stuff in, in Iran. How about the fact that people can do what you know pretty much what they please while following the law, like the law right. of the land? I, I It just boggles my mind that, that we get stuck on a on that it it just i don't understand it and you know i grew up in idaho there's not a whole lot of of racism that you can throw at it's mostly white people i get that there's a lot of hispanics in the area as well but you know i just i always have tried i don't care what color you are 
I don't care what your religious backgrounds are. I try to be accepting of most people. I may not condone your actions, but I will still be your friend. I'm not going to say that it's okay to go sell crack on the streets because it's not. I don't, that's not something that jives with me. But I'm not going to not be your friend because of something, because something doesn't align with my values. If you're a good person, you're a good person. I don't care if you're blue or brown or from Saturn. I don't care. Yeah. I will be your friend. I agree. But this I'm... whole this whole thing of just of of picking stupid little things to bring just keep bringing this issue back up. Like Colin Kaepernick felt irrelevant for a while. His commercial came out at the Super Bowl about giving up everything for whatever his slogan was. And he hasn't been heard of since. Could it be that he was just like, yeah, I don't. Uh, was it really a marketing ploy? I think. Was it, let me or was it himself stats. marketing himself to being like, I'm going to be an arrogant moron right now. And I'm going to say this flag on the back of a shoe is racist. I haven't heard anything from myself for a long time. Now, this is a good time to be like, you know what? I don't, I don't like that flag on the back of a shoe because it gives me... Uh, traumatic stress syndrome or something i don't know if that's the case though we ought to be banning a lot more stuff tractors farms like all kinds of things because it's this it's it's the same logic and and uh, anyway you go ahead with your stats because okay. i've i've just got emotion <laughs> so my theory was that Colin Kaepernick realized his time as a starting quarterback in the NFL was coming to a close. And I don't think he pre-planned any of this because he couldn't have known how much of a difference it would make if he needed. Right. So I think he used the just finding out that like, hey, people actually care that I'm kneeling. And then he kind of ran with that. So let's look at his stats from 2013 on. In 2013, he had 3,197 yards passing. 21 touchdowns and eight interceptions, 524 yards rushing and four touchdowns. So he he combined for 25 touchdowns that year. Okay, that's that's kind of below that's par. Significant. Well, I think it's, it's below fair. par of for what you want out of a out of a franchise quarterback. You want them to be tossing 30 touchdowns a year. Okay, so he had good touchdown interception ratio. Give him that, but his completion percentage was 58 percent. That's, again, below what you would like as a franchise quarterback. So then in 2014, that, he played a full season that year. He played a full season in 2014, 19 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, 639 yards rushing, one touchdown, 3,369 yards. Completion in percentage was 60.5%. So that increased a little bit, but his interceptions went up, touchdowns went down, his rushing yards went up. And you and know how I feel. Touchdowns went down. Went way down. You know how I feel about the rushing quarterback. It's only a matter of he time. He gets hurt. It's only a matter of time. Being said, in 2015, he gets hurt. He plays eight. He starts eight games. He's involved in nine. He throws for 1,615 yards, six touchdowns, five interceptions, 256 yards rushing for one touchdown, a 59% completion percentage. So he played half a season, and if you doubled those numbers, he'd have 3,200 yards, 12 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's, that's not starting quarterback. Nope. Then, then his last year in the league, he started 11 games, played in 12, 59% completions, 2,200 yards, 16 touchdowns to four interceptions, which is it's a pretty staggering touchdown-interception ratio. I'll give him that. He 468 yards rushing, two touchdowns. But if you extrapolate those numbers, you give him five more games on that. He's not he might not even be above 3000 yards passing. He might have 20 some touchdowns and six or seven or eight interceptions. But you're talking about Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger. These guys are throwing 40 touchdowns, 4000 yard minimum passing. I mean, completion percentages are in the 60s and 70s in those guys' cases. Like, they're in between that range, you know. So right. I think very well that the 49ers are looking at this. And that's his fifth year. So that was his fifth-year option. He would be a free agent. I think they looked at it and said, 
you know, we don't really think we have actually they, that wasn't his fifth year option. That was his sixth year. So he had signed a contract with them. But I think right, they realized yeah. that they didn't have the franchise quarterback. He got them to the Super Bowl that one year. He had a great playoff run, but he couldn't sustain it for an entire season. And in my opinion, that rushing hybrid quarterback can't sustain it in the NFL because these guys are huge. Right. When, when you have a guy that can run a 4-4-40, his college weight had him listed at 6'5", 240. I'm telling you, he's 6'5", 265, 270 by the time he's in the NFL. Absolutely. If he hits you at full speed, it's stars. You're seeing stars. Your wind's knocked out of you. Snot bubbles in your nose. And, and a guy just can't maintain it. So in 2016, they brought in Blaine Gabbert and Christian Ponder. That's both, right. Both were first-round picks. Kaepernick yep. was a second or third. Second, I think. So he had to see the writing was on the wall. And I think what happened was he knew that his time was coming to a close as a starting quarterback. Then he had this other avenue where, hey, if I – sit out and do my political activism that I can act like I'm being blackballed from the league. Whereas had he not done any of it, he might've gotten on another team, but he would have been a backup quarterback. Right. At best. Yeah. At best. And maybe he didn't want that. So I think that the whole argument that he was this pro bowl, all pro caliber quarterback that got screwed. I think it's crazy. Yep. I mean, in, I in six years, he had 72 touchdown passes. Ben Roethlisberger has 72 touchdown passes in the past two years. Tom Brady had 72 touchdown passes over maybe a season and a half a couple of years back. Yep. You know, Drew Brees, 72 touchdowns. I mean, my God, he's getting that in a year and a half as well. So yep. you have to look at what he was up against. And then... For an NFL team to have a guy that, that creates that much of a problem, I, I don't know if problem is the right word, but he's that defiant in a very visible way. Do you really want – and the 49ers are a pretty classic franchise. They might not be the Giants or the Steelers or the Patriots doing things like old, old, old school, but they are a classic, reputable franchise. They might have said we don't really want this. We don't want right. racial – philanthropies interrupting the football season because this is about football and, and of course you had other players that followed suit started kneeling but they're just followers you know Kaepernick and, and that, Eric Davis were the first to do it yeah and that was that has since I think declined significantly I think people see that yeah. it didn't it didn't have the effect that they thought that it would yeah, and I think it's pretty egotistical to think that it would have any effect at all. But, but looking at the bigger scheme of things, I think that Colin Kaepernick maybe comes from a good place with what he's trying to accomplish. But I think he's just – the way he's going about it and the way that he's separating himself from himself, being that he's half Caucasian, raised by Caucasians, and acting like he's only on this planet to – better the lives of African-Americans. I think he's not being honest. I think he's not being truthful. And I think he's manipulating the media and manipulating the youth. And any inner city youth that's going out and spending a hundred to $200 on a pair of Colin Kaepernick shoes could be using that money for something better for themselves and something more meaningful to their lives. And, and why try to be like Colin Kaepernick? Because they want to, be what he is, which is somebody that's getting paid to complain yep. essentially. And you know, and to me it's, it's just sad that the complaint that he want, that he brought up was the, the flat, the original flag of the United States that, and that's my point is it, it's, it's a flag. Like it, it does. It stands for America and like you said, instead of saying like, yeah, that's a cool move, let's go back to kind of our foundational roots of like justice for all. That's what the, the United States Constitution is is predicated upon. Let's, you know, let's just be, let's make it so that it, it is that way and, and spread that message. It's always, 
it seems to me that he's playing just the race card, which is interesting because he's making millions and millions of dollars and he's half white. Like, and he, I mean, if he grew up in the streets and he was, you know, raised by the streets, like many of the, if, if there's any players in the NFL that are like that, I mean, there are a lot of them. It should be them that are the ones that are that are leading this charge for for more equality and for better treatment. It should be them, not somebody that was raised in a mansion and fed from the spoon of life. That I mean, it, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense in my mind. Doesn't make sense why he's throwing a fit about the flag on a shoe. Doesn't make sense why he's the one leading this social activism when I mean, if you look at I doubt that Dr. Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. would be concerned about a flag on the back of a shoe. I don't think that's something that he would make a stink about. And and that's like, I wish there were more people like that, that truly cared about racial equality in the United States of America and went up and, and would go about it in the way that he did, of, you know, just not making a... a a fuss about a shoe. It's bigger than a shoe. It's bigger than that. And that's, I, agree. I, I guess I will leave it at that. It's just sad when a, a symbol of our country is made out to be a racist problem. And it really isn't. It shouldn't be looked at that as such anyways. I agree. I don't think that there was a racial uh, undertone to the shoe, but I'll, I'll finish it up by saying a few things. And I'll start off with a, a little documentary I saw. I think it was on Vice News. And it was about the Chicago gun violence. And anybody that's paid attention to that, it's way worse than in Baltimore. There I know was like that 54 killings last week, wasn't there? There was a weekend where there was, it was about three weeks ago, there were 52 shootings and 10 killed. Yep, yep that's the one. And 46 illegal handguns taken off the street in one weekend. But... I, they had a reporter talking to two, I guess, gang members, or they considered themselves gang members. I'm not really sure. You know, it is what it is. I don't know what they were. But they were African-American. They were young men. And they're sitting at a table in this cheap little apartment with guns on the table, talking about wanting peace. And then they cut to a scene of one of the guys he had... 10 or 12 bullet wounds on his chest. He had a long incision from about the bottom of his, his rib cage to the front of his groin. And he didn't have money to pay for gauze to keep it covered. So he was using a napkin and scotch tape that the film crew gave him to cover up the wound. Now they were talking about how they wanted peace. Essentially they wanted there to be peace in the city. Then there was uh, an excerpt about other things in the video. And then they came back to the same, one of the same young men, not the one with the bullet wounds, but the other one. And they were discussing peace with him. And he had suddenly kind of changed his, his tone. And he was saying that peace is impossible. And they were asking him, why don't you want peace? And he says, yes, I want peace, but you know, so-and-so in this neighborhood killed so-and-so from my neighborhood. So I got to kill them if I see them. And they're like, but you understand that doesn't, bring about peace. And he was like, yeah, but it is what it is. And it's like, yeah, but it's really not what it is. As a population, the world will only be better if everyone works together instead of trying to increase separation. You know, we may not be able to change the national anthem, but we can change how we treat one another, regardless of race or history of discrimination. And peace comes with responsibility. Responsibility is the key word there. Nothing in the world is free except the air you breathe. And I'll end it with this quote. When the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. Do you know who said that? Nope. Jimi Hendrix. Another Ooh. part Caucasian, part African-American American. And I'll leave it at that. Yep. That's a great way to end that segment. And uh, so what is next up on the docket? I guess we talk about the Clippers landing Kawhi. That is a very interesting move. A lot of uh, 
a lot of things happened because of that. And uh, it's interesting to me. I'm not a huge NBA fan. I think it's all drama and rigged anyways, much like for some reason I enjoy the NFL and I feel like it's rigged most of the time. But the NBA is just like this massive, especially this offseason. You've got Durant and Irving supposedly teaming up in Brooklyn. You've got Anthony Davis being traded from the Pelicans to the Lakers. The Lakers were supposed to be the the big team, the big L.A. team that was supposed to land Kawhi Leonard. And then you've got the poor Toronto Raptors who were hoping and praying that the trade for Kawhi Leonard would last longer than a year and that the the one the the rental year would not become their moniker alas it has it has become their moniker they are the the rental team they rented Kawhi and uh their future is not so bright up in Toronto at this point you lost your best player hands down best player there You've got uh, some decent pieces, uh, but you've also got no cap room. <laughs> so, yes. so the Raptors are kind of screwed in uh, in the East. I think I I I think I'm safe in saying they will not repeat as NBA champions again this next year. Uh, and then you've got the Lakers, who have LeBron at 35. He's still better than many players in the NBA. Uh, and you've got Anthony Davis, who is a, a you know a budding superstar. You may have you you may even say he has bloomed as a superstar at this point. But they've got, I think that I saw this morning they have like six players under contract. They signed Danny Green mm-hmm. uh, from Toronto this morning, two year, thirty million dollar deal. I think he's and, a great player, by the way. He's a great spot up defensive player. He is a great. He's a he's a decent shooter. He's a yeah. great defensive player. Um, so the starting lineup kind of looks like Danny Green and and but you know the Lakers this past offseason traded away a lot of players. Not saying that Lonzo Ball is a perennial All Star, but he's a. I mean he's decent. Uh, and they traded away a bunch of players. Um, Brandon Ingram, I think, will be a really good player in the league. Um, and, and so it, I think they've got like five or six players under contract. So, um, that kind of makes things interesting for the Lakers. Do the, what happens if Anthony Davis goes down? What happens if LeBron goes down again this year, like he did last year, you're riding, you know, you're riding the bottom of, of the West easy. I mean, there's, there are a lot of good teams in the West, uh, the, you've still got the Rockets that are are really good. You've got the Trailblazers that are really good. Um, I think now the Clippers are going to have to be in that in that uh, category of being pro- one of the favorites to come out. I think you see the Warriors drop down this year because they will not have Durant. They will not have um, Clay Clay Thompson in their lineup. At, uh, Durant at all because he's in Brooklyn now with Kyrie Irving and and Thompson is out till at le- for probably a year um, a year he had surgery I think this week or the end of last week so best of luck to him in that ACL recovery but yeah I mean I think you look at the West now the Jazz have had a really good um, a really good off season as well yeah. they acquired Mike Conley from the Grizzlies. Uh, they signed uh, Moutier, who is a, a a decent point guard, backup point guard. And so, you know, on defense, at least, they look pretty good. And offensively, the Jazz haven't had a playmaker to somebody that to create their own shot in a long, long time. And to me, that's kind of what they always lacked in the 90s, too, was just somebody that you could give the ball to and they make their own shot. And, and I think with Conley, you've kind of got that, um, at least somebody that can make something happen off the dribble. But now Kawhi has made his choice. He's going to be a Clipper. And then the Clippers traded away. How many draft picks, Dan? Five, five first round draft picks and two conditional picks. For a 
for Paul George of the yeah. o- former Oklahoma City Thunder, <laughs> who had just re-signed. Did you know that today was declared Paul George Day by the mayor of Oklahoma City? Is it really? That, it I, I remember something about hearing that, and that's, that's just ironic. But, you know, it, it comes with, like, the territory. The NBA has become such a group of vultures. Those guys don't care what their uniform says as long as they're playing with their friends and getting the money and trying to win championships. I mean, yep, it's not what it's it used to be. It's not about loyalty anymore. No. That's for darn sure. It's about teaming up to team up against the other people that teamed up. And you know what? That's why I, I really kind of respect what Kawhi Leonard did. I wouldn't. I would have lost almost all respect for him if he had gone to the Lakers because that's like what everyone wanted. In fact, I think that that you could say there's a little bit of a conspiracy in the NBA that the NBA league office itself wanted the Lakers to get Anthony Davis so that they could get Kawhi Leonard, so you could have one of the greatest Lakers teams of all time be in this modern era with LeBron James who I think the league has really helped along at times. And so how do I think that they rigged this? Well, the first overall pick for months before the NBA draft lottery, everybody was talking about the Knicks getting it. The Knicks are going to get Zion. The Knicks are going to get Zion, and then they're going to sign Kevin Durant. But the NBA realized if the Knicks get Zion, the chances of Davis going to L.A., and maybe Kevin Durant going to L.A. or Kawhi going to L.A. becomes less. So what can we do? Let's give the New Orleans Pelicans the number one pick because then they'll get Zion and they'll be willing to move on from Davis. And then that spirals into that trade happening. Then the league's kind of hoping, well, Kawhi Leonard is this good. He's won two NBA finals in two different conferences. If we can get him with LeBron, then the Lakers should hopefully be in that talk again because what we really want to see is LeBron James winning championships so we can say the greatest player of all time lived in this era. And I don't know how else you could look at it, but I think that that draft lottery is just rigged beyond belief. Oh, it's horrid. The Knicks lost everything that they could have hoped to get this this offseason. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Maybe, I I don't know, but maybe there's a move coming in the future. Maybe the NBA is open to that. I don't know, man. If you get the the Brooklyn Nets suddenly take off as a dynasty, I mean, nobody's going to be that interested in the Knicks. and you can just see like Stephen A. Smith reaction to the Knicks. I mean, he's just, (laughs) poor guy, he lost his mind, but... More than he typically does. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, because they had lined up. I mean, they had lined up to have the most money, the yep. max amount of play, like just everything lined up for them. And then they got the third overall pick, and you're like, oh, boy, here it comes. And then, you know, yeah. the talk is Kyrie and Kevin Durant want to lie, you know, want to align the stars in New York and make New York a powerhouse. Well, they did. It was just the wrong New York team. Yeah. It was the Brooklyn team that they ended up signing with. Everybody spurned the Knicks. <laughs> Porzingis spurned the Knicks. He kind of demanded a trade at the at the All Star dead or at the trade deadline last year to go to the Mavericks. So he their their unicorn is gone. Um, I mean the they're they are giving out two year minimum contracts to like. I mean they're basically they're tanking. It, oh, they, they don't have a chance anymore. They don't have a choice. Oh, yeah, they, they, they cleared up so much space and so much room, and now it's just done. It's like, no, we can't. We might as well just sign these guys. I've been reading that their plan now is in two years, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo becomes a, a free agent, and that's their goal is to sign him. But, I mean. Good luck. I know. Like, what just happened is going to happen again unless i think i think ownership either ownership or the gm has just it's got to change or else they're just going to be i mean it's like the cleveland browns right now it's just got to be a complete regime change and, we should be and, we should be racially sensitive because the nba did change the name of the owner 
to now a governor because owner is a racist connotation. But I'd like yep. to throw this out there. I've never heard anybody say this. Do you think that the term super max is a racist connotative term? Because you think of super max prisons that are largely based of African-Americans. Why aren't they complaining about that? There's no other sport where it's called a super max deal. And the NBA is largely built of African-Americans. I don't know. I have, I, I have never taken it down that road. <laughs> I, I, I thought of it right away. And I'll tell you, like, one of the reasons why I, I thought of that was I hadn't watched the NBA in quite some time. And I watched it not too long ago, maybe last year. And you and I watch a lot of football. Now, football commercials I find pretty diverse. There's commercials for everything you can imagine. But during an NBA game, there's at least one, if not two, commercials for either the Marines, the Army, the Air Force, something like that, in each commercial break. And I got to thinking that that's because they're targeting the inner city youths. It, it's, hmm. it's racially decisive advertising to that group. They want to get the group of people that maybe don't have as much opportunity in other avenues and try to release that on them. And, and I, th I thought that was interesting. You get a lot of McDonald's commercials and get things like that, that are very, uh, they have the undertones in my opinion. And then I thought of that, that terminology, super max deal. It sounds like you're locked in, you're stuck, you know, you're behind bars almost, you get your money, but it's a super max. And I, I just think that that's a strange terminology. If they're going to change the word owner to governor, maybe they want to take some looks at some other things there. Well, maybe they will take your advice and look at that. I have never, yeah. I never, I'm not smart enough to think of things <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, that's another thing too with the NBA. It has become ultra liberal. I mean, you're a car owner. You're a homeowner. You're an owner of a business. Why? That's what the NBA is. Is the owners of teams are businessmen. Why is that racially insensitive? I do. I yeah. And you know, I that I, is, uh, I agree doesn't with make you. Sense to me, it almost makes more sense if that terminology change was in the NFL, where the guys have much less leniency and freeway. But like we were just talking about, Paul George. He just signed a deal last year, and now he's like, um, I want out. And they're like, yeah. okay, okay, he see just, ya. Yeah, I don't exactly. think it sounds like he was being owned. It actually no. does sound like he was being governed. You know, they're just people yeah. like, oh, well, okay, we want you to be here, but we'll let you go. That doesn't sound like he's it, a, a servant or something. Yeah, and then I, I don't know. I just, I don't, <laughs> I mean, he just signed a new contract, and he stayed in OKC, and it's just like, yeah, I really don't want to be here anymore. I'm sorry. I signed this contract, which means nothing now. Um, yeah. And I want to go to the Clippers. So send me there. It's just like, how in the heck? I, I'll tell I you what, Russell Westbrook will be traded before next year. That's interesting. That's a hot take. And you yeah. heard it here first. He did. Watch him go. And but, so just a complete dismantling. But it's interesting that, that Kawhi did choose to go to the Clippers. I, I like that because I'd like to see the Clippers challenge for the, you know, the title. I thought that the um, CP3 and Blake Griffin team was going to be able to do that, but those egos couldn't get along. And um, I, I just think it's, yeah, it's good DeAndre for the league. Jordan. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good for the league to spread it out a bit, but I think one of the reasons that I don't like the NBA as much as I used to is that there's too much player movement, in my opinion. I mean, these guys, one guy, I was looking at his uh, career stats, and I think he played for 13 different teams. I can't remember who that was, but I mean, can you imagine that? You've played for almost half the league. I mean, my God, you may as well just they may be called mercenaries because that's really what right. they are. Yeah. Just, but it's a lot of the role players. Uh, they move is. from team to team to team to team. And but now it, you've and got the superstars doing that. Right. And it, and and it's, it just, 
it, it kind of like makes, I mean, if, if the Pelicans didn't have to trade Anthony Davis, which it seemed like they had to trade him, if they had Davis and Zion, and I don't even know who they got with the number four pick or if they traded it, I don't remember what happened with it, but they, they have building blocks. That could have been a dominant team, all built yeah. from the draft, and I kind of like that, draft-built teams. I Maybe don't think you, we will see that in the NBA Not anymore. in the NBA. No, nope. You know, I think guys like Andre Iguodala going to the Warriors, that's the kind of like veteran pickup that I like to see because it's a guy that goes from being the number one to a number six. And I'm not right. talking about like a number one position point guard, but I'm talking about like the number one option to the right, first right, man right. off the bench. Yep. And that's a heck I, of an option to be coming off the bench. Yeah. And I mean, it, it takes a lot of, of, you know, sacrifice and, and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But it takes a lot from a guy Humbleness, to maybe? yes, humble. It is very humble to do that, and and the fact that he did it in such an effective way to actually win an MVP in the finals. I mean, it goes to show you that that his sacrifice was really worth it. And now he got traded to the Grizzlies or something, and yep, now the Grizzlies are looking to trade him. Right, and yep. it's like what? So they in the NBA, you're allowed to trade cash. You're allowed to trade first round draft picks that are not protected, which I'm not, I, I don't follow or, all of yeah, it because it's a little too protected or unprotected. Murky. It's, it's gotta be, a, if it's a protected pick, it means that it can't be in the lottery. And I think the first, uh, the first 14 picks are in the lottery. I think okay. those are the lottery picks. So if it's a lottery pick, they don't get that pick. If it's that, a non, lottery if it's a non nonsense. It is. And if I it's mean, a non-protected pick, it could mean that, you know, it, it's kind of those future picks. The weird thing about the NBA to me is there's like five picks in a draft that are worth a crap. You've I got, agree with you. You've got the first like five picks. And sometimes every once in a while, like with a Kawhi Leonard, you end up picking up a, a superstar at like the 14th pick or in, in this case, Donovan Mitchell in Utah, I think, was a 12th overall draft pick. But at the 12th overall draft pick in the NFL, you are still, you are looking at guys who should become superstars. At yeah. the, at like the sixth or seventh pick in the NBA draft, you're looking for role players. It's unreal to me that there is just that, dis, like, there is, there is nothing as far as talent. Like it, it's just crazy to me that I, I realize that the size of rosters is smaller in basketball, but where, where are all the superstars going? Is basketball just not, is it dying and people are going to play? Uh, I know they're not going to play baseball. Uh, <laughs> are they going to play football instead? Like, cause no, I, think I, I don't just... know where they're going. I always think about the the Len Bias interview where his he specifically said that his goal was to make it to the NBA, and he lived for like forty eight hours after making it to the NBA. Right, and I think it's a good like microcosm of how a lot of these young athletes that get drafted in the NBA think they want to get to the NBA. They don't have the desire to work hard once they're there and to become a superstar. Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kobe Bryant, all of those guys had that drive. Michael Jordan, it's it's like you can't test for that drive. Right. But you you might be able to tell like if I was drafting a or if I had potential draft picks coming in for interviews, one thing that I would certainly do is I'd hire some guys Give him some money and say, I want you to take this guy out for a night on the town. Tell him he can do whatever he wants to do, go wherever he wants to go. And I want to know everything that he does and everything that he says. Based on what his actions are off the court, I think that should tell you a lot about his personality, who he's going to be once he gets paid, how he's going to act. And I'll bet you guys like LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan – they wouldn't be like, oh, let's go to a strip club and get wasted and then, you know, go see, you know, if we can get in some trouble at 4 a.m. They wouldn't be into that kind of a thing. They might want to go out to a dinner, have some wine, and then do something 
I don't know, but do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I see what, yeah, I see what you're saying. I think you got to get into like how the kid actually would react to being there before you can determine how good they are. Cause I mean, in college sports, you can get away with anything, right? I mean, those guys can be on steroids. They can be smoking weed. How many of them are really even tested? It's very, how iffy. many are actually should be there anyway that are like, legal to be there and i say legal as in like they passed high school yes right i agree 100 percent. i think that's that's what the issue is with the nba is that there's no lack of talent the talent pool is there it's the personality pool the personality that just they want to get there but not put in the effort to be to be that alpha guy and they're not coachable they're not coachable and I think that, you know, you watch the NBA Finals. I know you and I were talking about it. I don't remember which game it was, but maybe it was the final game where Seth Curry had that late late shot. And the the whole sequence, it looked like they like had a timeout and the coach said, all right, guys, get in there and, you know, do whatever. I'm, I'm busy. I'm texting on my phone. You guys do whatever you want to do. I didn't drop a play. I don't even have a playbook. What's that? You know, it, it, that's how it looks. It looks like street ball now. Right. And yep. – I think that's a problem because you get teams like the Spurs. Now, I don't know how good their team is right now, but I'd say the Spurs, as long as, uh, gosh, whatever his name is, as long Popovich. as that, Popovich, as long as he's there, that team's pretty good. You know, he he's right. he knows how to coach, and he coaches these teams up. He puts Kawhi he Leonard in a position. That, he gets Danny Green in a position. He right, gets and he, he gets people that will buy in. I think that is a big, yes. a big thing. He knows what players, they may not be the most athletic. They may not be uh, the superstar. Granted, he had Tim Duncan. He had Manu Ginobili. He had Tony Parker. But those were draft picks. I mean, right. it wasn't like he, he combined forces or they all combined forces. That was just good team building. Yeah. And so, but but they were coachable. Like, yeah, he puts them in a position to win. I agree 100%. I hate the Spurs because <laughs> of their dominance. You know, when I, I was a Jazz fan and they just made the Jazz look like a rug every time they played them, like a doormat. But, yeah, it's, you know, I, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens uh, with the Clippers. Um, it'd be kind of interesting to see if, if they become the team to beat in LA, what happens with the Lakers, but it does seem like perhaps the talent has, I don't know, diluted a little bit. Like it's, it's not so concentrated in one area anymore. It's kind of moved about and shifted a little bit. It has a little bit, but I still feel like teams like the trailblazers, they're so far off of having a real shot at a championship because they just they they can't compete and I don't know if it's the market but I know I the saw The Jazz are the same way. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is market. I I think, you know, and it's just a different mentality. I don't ever see the Jazz trading five first round draft picks for uh Paul George or five right. first round draft picks for LeBron James or anything like that. It's just a different mentality, I think. I don't know. But I saw it could an interesting, be market, though, too. There was an interesting quote from David Stern, and I can't remember what year it was, but they asked him, like, what is your ideal NBA Finals? And his answer was, Lakers versus Lakers. Hmm. And it was, like, pretty interesting. It's like, yeah, so the, the league definitely plays favoritism. Yep. And the league wants LeBron James to be good. Now, that's nothing against him because he is good. But but with their assistance, he can be like great. Do you know what I mean? Like he gets a little boost. Not yep. not not in any real large way, but the league allows for these moves to happen, for the lottery to line up so Anthony Davis can be freed with the team not worrying about trading him, things like that. And I think the league was kind of hoping that Kawhi might go to L.A. What a great, you know, great championship team that could be and and things like that. But uh, And change it. Change it. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. So, 
I that is all I have for today. Do you have yeah. anything else? No, I think we can uh, wrap it up and talk about something next week. I hope that all of our listeners understand that we're not trying to be insensitive with nope. what we've talked about today. We just want to help you think, think for yourselves, not let yeah. the media think for you. Absolutely. And uh, just enjoy life and be respectful and responsible. And Exactly. Uh, just be nice. be nice to people. Yeah. Be nice. Yep. It goes a long and, way. And uh, take Jimi Hendrix's advice and just love everybody. That's so. right. I mean, well, hey, if Jimi Hendrix was complaining about a flag being on a shoe, then I think the world should take notice. But perhaps, yeah, but it's he's not. It's here. not. It's not him. So, <laughs> well, thank you for joining yeah. us today. We hope you enjoyed the content, um, enjoyed listening, and uh, send us your thoughts. Uh, we will we will get uh, a way for you guys to to communicate with us and and get that going as well. We're just in the infant stages of this and trying to put out good content, trying to make it fun and interesting and and give maybe a little bit different perspective of uh, different ideas and and things like that. So thank you for joining us and until next time, just love each other. Bye.